0: It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? welcome back. You found us once again. Good searching. Uh, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is the Lacrosse Classified Podcast. My name is Jay Kelly. My co-host name is Brad Schelliner. And Lacs Class 109 about to come your way here. And Lots to talk about this week. Of course, uh, our continuing series calls to the hall will uh, will be in quarter number two. We we lined up a pretty good one, I would say, for today, Brad. As I'll get you in here right off the top, uh, Jonathan Goat Tavares. Yeah, I said it best. Box lacrosse player of all time, John Tavares, will join us here in quarter number two, Calls to the Hall. Looking forward to that. Uh, Something else, quick sticks, uh, stampede, stallion, all coming up here on EP109. Rainy, dreary Monday afternoon as we record here. Brad, what uh, what'd you get up to on the weekend?
1: Let's just bring some joy, then, man, because it has been it has been gloomy. We've got extra restrictions going on in British Columbia here now. Like, let's let's have some fun today. I want to. I've got a beer going, Barnside Brewery here in, in beautiful Delta, BC. Let's uh, let's just keep it loose tonight. How was my weekend? What was my What did I do this weekend? You know, nothing nothing too eventful. I don't think. No. <laughs> no. Uh, me literally, either. like, then all the days sort of run into one, right? So. I think I drank some eggnog with some rum and watched some Christmas movies, and okay. and that was pretty much pretty much the highlight. Oh, oh. I bought my Christmas present. Oh. I, 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 I for yourself? What it, for what? It, yeah, for myself. I got a. I can. It's in the garage right now. Okay. Um, I can only play with it when the kids are sleeping, and then my wife's got to wrap it and put it on the tree, that I've got to act surprise on on Christmas <laughs> morning. But. <laughs> um so i'll keep it as a surprise here for you too i won't really tell you what it is but uh, i want to it's, with it. I wanna guess i want to guess it's a
0: brand new it. guitar i want to guess it's a brand new
1: guitar you wouldn't you wouldn't be too far off there my friend yeah maybe an amp yeah, uh, no I did. I did i got a new i got a new guitar it's in the garage oh though, see
0: and, well i mean that's uh that's that's how well mm-hmm. i know you right there you know that's, me so well
1: i know uh um, i like
0: that my first guest oh that's cool you get like a Fender Stratocaster. That's the only. No,
1: guitar- I got. I, I got an. I got a. Can accent. I got an acoustic guitar. I'm just starting out. I've only been playing really since like April. So, the first guitar I had was like a 150 dollar little Sears guitar for that my grandparents gave to me years okay. ago that I never touched. And now that I'm getting a little serious, I went to Long and McQuaid and. Shelled out the Christmas pennies on a, on a new, like, higher end acoustic guitar. So
0: nice, pretty,
1: pretty fired up for to act surprise on Christmas morning.
0: Start working on a, a new
1: intro song then on the, on
0: the,
1: uh, on the guitar. Maybe not, uh, maybe not. I'm a little uh, more folksy, a little more rootsy. I don't know if yeah. that will go over well with a, the high energy lit <laughs> podcast, such as this.
0: For sure, we'll keep it a, a, a tribe called Red for now, and, and probably for a long time, because I'm I dig that open. Anyways, uh, it was actually pretty nice on the weekend. So Danny and I, we took a, a little trip out to UBC, which uh, it's been a while since I've been out there that way, and. Kind of drove along uh, the coastline, Wreck Beach, Spanish Banks, Locarno, all that. And then uh, played a little round of disc golf at Jericho. There tons of people out there, so we didn't stay too long because I just felt like, man, there's way too many people here. So that was about it. Had a, a super chill Sunday. Did not accomplish a goddamn thing, quite frankly, uh, which is okay. High five to that. Yeah. High five to that. <laughs> yeah. Once in a while, it's just unplug it and i know you want to keep things light and and so do i but some uh some serious stuff to talk about in in quarter number three but we'll save all of that uh as quarter number one we like to reserve for our stampede stallion of the week brought to you by stampede tack and western where everybody from uh from us stampede they want to say thank you to all the listeners out there who have uh supported local businesses, just like Stampede Tack and Western Wear. i got to give a shout-out to my man, Garrett Ungaro, who I know listens to the podcast, uh, President of Coquitlam Minor Lacrosse, and uh, heard the podcast last week, heard about Stampede Tack and Western Wear, went on out there at Cloverdale since 1967, and bought bought the boy a pair of cowboy boots, and uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I think he bought the wife a pair of Blundstones, as well all because he heard the ad right here on, on lacrosse classified and i suggest you do the same if you're not in the area stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local still time to get your christmas gifts from stampede Tack and western wear my pick this week brett challoner and uh, i'm keeping it local speaking of shopping local keeping it local here on stampede Tack and western wear. And lacrosse classified Jordan Hall Surrey's finest uh, Jordan Hall NLL-er, He's been on a handful of teams here, Brad. But uh, I I was gonna go with some. I was gonna go a D kind of a D tranny guy, and then I started watching some highlights, and I started w- and I was like, man, this guy deserves. Some recognition, uh, all starting back at the University of Delaware in 2007, took his team to the Final Four there, Colonial Athletic Association Player of the Year, and just goes on from there. Like, you look at the stats here for Jordan Hall, and it's impressive, man. It's like four points a game in the regular season, over 760, I want to say. Impressive career, still in the works here for 36-year-old Jordan Hall.
1: Yeah, and you know when you when you threw that name out to me, I was like, is is he is he underrated? Because like we know Jordan Hall, he's a championship player, he's a Team Canada player. Um, but yeah, I think statistically, he's not going to score a hat trick a game and put and put up five six assists and have those nights like like the superstar echelon players are going to have. But he's going to go about his business and contribute and be a big team guy. And yeah, like I remember he was up for Rookie of the Year back with the New York Titans, first overall pick the time. too. Yeah, Brett, first overall pick, like one of a handful of BC boys that have had that uh, accolade and that accomplishment, which is which is huge. He started, I think, a good run. Then I think Crowley was like a year or two later, and then Benny Mack and the whole wave, uh, Logan Shuss. But um, yeah, Jordan can he broke in as like a pure transition player. And we knew him as an offensive stud here in the BC Junior Lacrosse League, and obviously the stuff that he did at Delaware, and then he broke in as sort of a transition guy on that New York team, and and had a good run and, and it's kind of made that his game ever since. He's always been a solid two way guy. He's a respect, respect, responsible offensive player. He's great on the four check and he contributes and, and he's a guy that every team wants to have on his team. So I like this pick. I like this pick from
0: you. Yeah, I like it too. And um, I want to give a shout out to Jordan Hall's dad, who I know back uh, when, when, whenever Jordan's team, whoever it would be would come through to, to play Vancouver, Jordan Hall's dad would make a note. I used to work with, long story, but I would get a note from Jordan Hall's dad saying how much he appreciated our broadcast because Jordan Hall's dad is visually impaired. But he said that we were kind of one of the only broadcast teams that really painted the picture for him to actually realize and understand what was happening in the game. And I thought to myself, like, that is probably the biggest compliment that I could get from somebody.
1: Yeah, that's, you, know, you know what I'm saying there a, for yeah, for something. Well, that, that, I don't know. That gives you goosebumps, and that's that's why I think I remember that you read that to me when we got off the air one night back at the Langley Event Center. And I was like, that's why we do what we do. Like to get an email like that is just it means absolutely everything. It means bigger than the biggest paychecks and the highest stage you can broadcast on. Really does. I think getting, getting something like that is is the ultimate.
0: Yeah. L- last thing on Jordan Hall here, and and I think why. His career has lasted as long as it had. I mean, good years with the Bellies as a, as a real offensive force in summer. But I think Jordan Hall, one of his best attributes is he's been able to adapt his game to whatever that team that he is on needs
1: him to be. You know where I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And he's done he's done that on Georgia. Look, he's got Shane Jackson, who's the MVP and led the league in goals last year. Like he he knows what he's. Doesn't doing to put need the, ball the spotlight. The just goes and about you know, his business. Yeah, and those Bellies teams were fun. I think about, like, Ilya Geich in his prime and Jordan Hall and these guys that were two-way monsters. Uh, fun to think about. Yeah. i got a quick shout-out here and a little bit of breaking news mm. out of uh, out of Warriors camp. Lay it on me. Um, uh, tying back in the Stampede Stallion of the Week a couple weeks ago. Who do we have? We had Chris O'Doherty. Um, unfortunately for OD, big injury in the weight room recently. Oh, no. Tore his pectoral muscle. Ooh. And that's eight nine months. Like he's God, he's had some bad gone, luck. Yeah, he's probably gone for the year whenever the year happens. And at his age and and where he is in his man. life, like that, he might have played his last NLL game. So, I wanted to to send a big shout out yeah. to Chris O'Doherty and say that if it was his last game, that you know it's been a been a, a hell of a run watching you ball, man. And you've always put everything out on the floor. And we hope it's not the last. And but yeah, he has had some bad luck. He's a warrior he's a competitor and and i hope he can heal up and see him on a lacrosse floor one day but i don't know how realistic that is he's also on um he got on with seattle fire so that might take oh. him out a, a year at some point too which at 34 years old like it just might be done but yeah so shout out to chris o'doherty um we're gonna miss seeing you around uh, rogers arena and and any lacrosse floor but keep giving back to uh to, to northern washington and the pacific northwest lacrosse community because uh, you made some big marks
0: my man yeah well said uh and, and speaking of of rogers arena and, and seeing him and seeing we've seen what's happening with the the nhl kind of laying out their upcoming season and it does not look like there's going to be any fans in the building for nhl games in 2021 and as we know the NLL plays in many of those same buildings as the NHL does. And really as this COVID protocol has gone on, have kind of followed suit with a lot of what the NBA and NHL have been doing as they can kind of sit back and wait and watch. And so this leads me to believe that if the NLL cannot have fans in their building, then they need to start looking at alternatives as far as the season goes, because it's no secret that the national Across league is a gate driven league and they need fans to run it. So if they, if they can't have fans in, in these big buildings, then they need to look at alternatives. And we've heard from league executives that they're, they're exploring almost every option possible. And maybe some that aren't possible to make a season happen in 20 and 2021. So already, as we, you know, approach the end of the year here. We may be looking at a pivot coming up.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, they have to have a season. There's too much momentum and energy lost. Just can't go two a years. League, a League like this. You cannot go two years without playing. It's like, it's hard enough for them to keep pumping up the content now. Like, what is it going to look like in six months from now? They have to take another year off. Like, it's just, they have to figure out a way, whether it's a, a Canadian bubble and an American bubble or something of that nature. And, you know, If they have to do without fans, then that's your pivot, but you have to find some sponsorship dollars and then get this game on TV and get it in front of everybody because that that might be the only thing that, that helps it and elevates it and it could be a positive could out be. of it. Like, like the PLL buzz last yeah. summer. Like PLL probably gained fans because they were the only thing on and starving. they had such a good TV production and people were starving. If the NLL does something like that in the summertime or, or spring, that could be enticing but you they then they have to seek out the sponsorship dollars and buy their tv time that they've haven't wanted to do in the past and that's uh, and and the big broadcast deals that that have eluded them and that they've sort of stayed away from the last couple of years so they'd have to pivot and and go all in on something like that to make it work
0: yeah and and you're looking at lots of variables and factors that that go along with that when you're you're talking about what to do if you can't Play in arenas with fans as far as border travel and guys with, with other work commitments and family, you know, I mean, opt outs and all these sort of things. Uh, American players, Canadian players, and, and guys uh, need to get around and, and what have you. So just watching this NHL thing kind of roll out leads me down the path that I'm, I know we're, we're hoping for an April start, but man, I, I think we're going to start. I just don't know what that start is going to look like
1: and whether anybody will be able to be there to, to see it or not.
0: Yeah. I just, I, I guess we've been talking about for a while. The future is so unknown with, uh, with what's going to happen with the vaccine rollout and all the rest of it. So keep your ears tuned for that. Let's take a break here on one Oh nine. Let's, uh, let's get to a commercial. And then we're coming back and on the other side, i'm saying it brad the greatest box lacrosse player of all time john Tavares, joins us next here on lacrosse classified and lacrosse flash podcast network
2: the vancouver warriors game at rogers arena sounds like this jones shoots and he scores diving effort from mitch jones nothing's monotone lee and beers go crashing into the crease nothing's boring fight it's the captain scoring off and at vancouver warriors games loads up nothing's offside tries a shot and he scores experience it for yourself vancouver warriors tickets are available now tickets starting from 1995 visit vancouverwarriors.com tickets today
3: hi this is gandos you're listening to lacrosse classified
0: Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into the second quarter here on Lacrosse Classified 109. Jake Kelly, Brad Challoner with you, and uh, Brad, uh, before we get to our guest here, we just heard from the Vancouver Warriors at VancouverWarriors.com or at NLL Warriors on the Twitter and Instagram. Uh, still awaiting news on the upcoming Vancouver Warriors Academy. I think what's going to happen this thing's going to roll out probably early january uh be a great christmas present for the kids under the tree signing your kids up for this we'll get you the information as soon as it becomes available to us
1: yeah we've got new restrictions here in british columbia where someone like me who's south of the Fraser river can literally not go into downtown vancouver right now unless i'm essentially going for work and all of our sports have been shut down right now so hopefully uh Things get going back on track and at least some of the kids can can get some uh one-on-one training with the vancouver warriors at rogers arena because like that's 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 experience you can't buy
0: yeah skills and drills still okay i think (laughs) uh but you got to be inside your cohort and all that Uh, enough of that though let's get uh, to our calls to the hall here this week and I don't know if it gets any better than this, Brad. I'm on record. Greatest box lacrosse player of all time. Check it out. 300. This is just NLL, by the way. Uh, 344 games. <laughs> Got to be just NLL. 899 goals. Couldn't get that 900th for some reason. That's, that's going to burn at you a little bit, JT. 1,050 assists. Uh, career points. 1,949. 20 Almost 2,500 loose balls. Crazy, crazy stats for our next guest here, John Tavares. Join us, uh, and, and we're on a we're on a Zoom call right now. But but John's not using his video. He's cooking dinner at home for for the wife. But the picture that he has up on his uh, you got to start with this, John. It's it's you looking uh, giving you like your best Zoolander, <laughs> Bi- Billy D. Well, that's, Smith.
2: That's that's, that's that's no, that's Megan. That's my oh, right. post. <laughs> okay. And
0: then you got Stainhouse who just looks like he's in outer space. Uh, where, what is this picture from? Is this like an outtake of one of your team photos? Tell me about yeah, this. That's,
2: yeah, that's one of the, uh, the uh, team photos from a while back. And we always like to have one of the funny, like you, know, we get an opportunity to have a funny picture so that's the one of the funny pictures nice nice
0: uh, maybe you
1: can let us know this because i don't know if chugger filled us in or not but is Stainhouse done yet like no one has officially said he's retired but he's you know he's yeah that's that,
2: that 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 well he's not you know he obviously hasn't played in the last couple of years i know he was injured but that's definitely a question for dietrich and and for mark to answer not not for my for me to answer okay so i'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what you know where we are with that but uh I think Mark's been uh, playing in NL for what, two years, three years now, I think.
0: Well, we, if, uh, w- yeah, we're, we may have to have him back on because, uh, we had Chugger on hall of famer, Steve Dietrich. And, uh, he, he kept referring us, uh, referring to us as a Western podcast, a Western based podcast, a Western biased podcast. So not enough <laughs> bandit love on, on the podcast. So we, not only did we have it now we're having you on as well as another Buffalo bandit and a hall of famer, um, it's been quite the quite the career, John. From from begin early beginnings, I believe, with uh, the Detroit. Tell me this, uh, Detroit Turbos. That's where you began your career, I believe. You were traded for Brian Nicola, if I'm not mistaken. But we just had Pat Coyle on, and I was looking at his stats, and I looked at the '92 playoff game, and I said, "19 minutes. What 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 happened in this game?" Not realizing that that was the game where I shoved. the – after the dirt ter- were you involved in that game
2: uh, Yeah, i was on the floor when it happened and uh and you know you know pat's an intense player and you know maybe went a little bit too far at that moment but uh that uh you know that us that helped us i think it put us on a power play for at least five minutes so uh i think it was D- I- dietrich may have been the goalie actually
1: and put Pat Coyle in the penalty kill for the next four years, but uh, yeah, that's, that's was it story. was it four
2: was it four years?
1: Well, yeah, like it was, in, it was
0: essentially. It was zone, yeah. They they the the Klein brothers had to they sold the M I L L dissolved the M I L L and it turned into the N L L and when that transformation happened, they said, ah. you know what, that the lifetime ban is over. right. That's what saved them.
2: Why well, I didn't realize that. Yeah.
1: So let's pick up there then, John. Like you've obviously had your share of top defenders uh, matching up against you night in, night out throughout your career, which makes your longevity even more staggering. But uh, you know, what what defenseman would jump over the boards? You'd go, "Oh crap, here comes that guy." Was there anybody like that?
2: Well, there's a lot, a lot of guys out there that uh, are you know studs. Um, one guy always comes to mind is Thomas Hayak. You know, he doesn't get a lot of recognition. When he didn't get a lot of recognition when he played, but he was really good positional. Not the biggest guy, but really good in terms of position. Um, sometimes I preferred playing against, you know, bigger or overly aggressive guys because, you know, you kind of sucker them, in out, suck them out a little bit more and you kind of go backdoor on them. But, uh, you know, Pat Coyle is one of them. You know, I, luckily I played with this guy, Billy D. Smith. Thank God I, I didn't uh, have to play against him. Um, he was a beast in practice and in games. But, uh, you know, like I played for so long, I'm like going way back into the 90s. My, that's where my brain starts and then goes into the 2000s. So there's a lot of great defenders out there that, uh, you know, you try to avoid. I guess uh, like the one main guy was Wubish. You know, he was really good. He's got the extra long arms and a really good reach. And uh, every time we seem to go to the net, Seems to, strip, seems to strip me literally every time.
0: Yeah, you're, you're not so, the only uh, one that Rubish does that. To. It's crazy yeah. how he kind of sets up that move where he takes a hand off a stick and then chops you down, and it feels like it's two hands coming down on you. Um, How about this? I'll give you a chance to to throw a goalie under the bus maybe here. Who is your favorite goalie to score on or easiest goalie to score on? <laughs> no.
2: Uh, well, I, <laughs> my mind works in different ways. When I played lacrosse, I didn't want to respect. I give the goalies too much respect because it's totally psyched me out. And and the one guy that did this to me was Dwight Medkey. Dwight Medkey played Western guy, played yeah. Vancouver <laughs> Yeah. Like every shot in practice when I played for the Barards, this guy would try on every, every shot. And I couldn't score on the guy. Like the first few practices I could score after that, once he realized where I shoot and what I like to do from different angles and different spots on the floor, he figured me out. I didn't want to shoot against this guy. And then 1992, my first year in Buffalo, he's the, uh, him and Dallas Alec are the goalies in Philadelphia. Yeah, how's going that for it? a
0: tandem? Hey, holy. Pretty
2: good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. I don't think Dwight got the respect that he deserved. Dwight's one of the best all time goalies. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm, we're going to Philly 92 for a championship game. Dallas Alec is the uh, goalie and no offense to Dallas. Dallas is a great goalie. I was happy to see Dallas in net because I did not want to shoot against Dwight. But during that game, Darius Kilgore, one of the hardest shots in the league. Rifles one off Dallas's head. Dwight comes in the game. Oh, damn. <laughs> I did not want to shoot against Dwight. Just that one extra second. And uh, he just had me psyched out because I respected him so much that he was totally in my head. So from that, from that game forward, I was like, all the goalies are the same. They're all weak in the same spots. I'm not going to give any credit you know, <laughs> to all these, all these goalies out there. So, whenever I shot against Dwight that game, I literally was just trying to, like, hook it, like, be very, you know, unpredictable, and I ended up scoring in overtime on a backhand, a backhand that bounced between his legs. Trust me, I was not aiming, I was not aiming for (laughs) a bounce shot between his legs. That's probably why I went in. So, when you think of a goalie that totally psyched me out, that was Dwight Medke.
1: Is that uh, I don't unpredictability is a, is a huge part in, in any goal scorer's uh, toolbox, uh, JT. But like, is that part of your is that part of your philo- is 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 that philosophy part of your coaching strategy now? As far as like, you know, would you tell players to to have a perspective on on a goaltender to or to think of all goalies equal and not let them get into a guy's head? Like, how does that translate to you helping your players out on the floor?
3: Yeah,
2: the well, I mean, guys have their, their favorite shots from different spots on the floor. So I, I you can't change that. You just got to realize, uh, can you hit an overhand far side? Can you hit a side on short side? Like, what can you do from certain spots on the floor? Uh, <clears throat> if someone's struggling I literally just tell them to take their shot, you know, with video nowadays, you know, you scout goalies all the time. So we try to figure out where most of the goals are going in on what kind of shots from what kind of angles. So you give those tips to the players but it's hard to make a guy shoot somewhere. It's hard for me to go, Hey, shoot at top, right? Because maybe that guy just can't hit that spot. It's not his favorite shot. So now you're asking someone to do something that they can't do. And let's face it. Like I know like throughout the course of my career, like, you know, maybe there's a stretch of five, six, seven games, just, you're just hitting that one corner or that second corner. And then you, then, you know, you're just missing that short side. So it just kind of, uh, tell, your me, stick, tell your stick, me about your stick, that your John. stick comes, your stick kind of comes and goes and you kind of got to go with what your stick's doing yeah. i don't know many guys who can you know hit it far side top cheese hit it far side low cheese hook it sidearm, short cheese yeah. or bounce it down you know you can't there's not many guys that have their stick on and when their stick is on they're going to be scoring a lot of goals
0: yeah like i i wanted to i wanted to talk about this because i i think that's maybe something that that doesn't get talked about a lot and and that's where for top guys and and I would say all players like if you ask what's your favorite corner they're going to have a favorite corner and and yep. and what shot that they use to hit that corner but yep. it's the it's the get, the great ones that separate themselves because they not only have their one and their favorite that they can hit all night long but then they have that secondary and even maybe one more after that that makes them effective. So if the goalie's taken away your far side bounce shot, you still have that underhand low or whatever it may be. But it's it's not really any more than that, though, JT. It's like you have your favorite and then your second favorite and then maybe yeah. a third.
2: There, uh, Brad, I don't know if I answered your question, but to help my players, you know, we give them advice about where to shoot, you know, what they do with, with that is up to them. If someone's struggling, man, I'm going <laughs> to tell them to take their shot. And I'm telling them to keep shooting. You know, it's, 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 it's harder to say, Hey, shoot it at this spot. Cause all of a sudden you kind of just start aiming and you start aiming. You're not as deceptive. And I, that's what I was going to say to you, Jake is for me, the great goal scorers are the guys that actually in mid stride don't know if they're going short side or far side, and they can change it based on the movements of the goalie or the yeah. position of the goalie. Yeah. So as I'm shooting, I'm shooting far side. Now I see that while I'm shooting, I see the goalie starting leaning. Now I'm going short side. If he doesn't lean, I go far side. So I'm, even whether I'm inside or outside shot, I'm making a decision as I'm shooting. Does that make any sense? Interesting.
0: Yeah, very.
1: Who, who who are some of those guys today in your mind? They don't have to just be banned. It's like, to me, I, when I hear you talk like that, I'm thinking Dane Dope because you never know what he's yeah. going to do. You know?
2: Well, all, all the great goal scorers must be deceptive. They, whether they're shooting from the outside or inside that was my problem the right shot. there
0: that must have been my problem right there
2: <laughs> well if the goalie's gonna read the goalie knows your favorite side it's easy for him to save that shot he's gonna know especially again with video nowadays the goalie's like hey this guy likes to shoot in this spot when he carries his stick in this angle that's where he's going <laughs> and they picked up on it and uh steve Dietrich's actually the guy who told me about this he goes listen you know these goalies they all have a book on you when you put your stick you know, three quarters, they know you're going far side. If you drop a little lower, you're going far, you know, short side. And I had no idea that goalies were actually picking up on tendencies. Right. So you, you got to start out thinking that um, guys today are like Dane Domi is a great one. You know, I, I think John grand jr. I know he's, you know, not playing anymore, but I think of him, all the great goal scores Doyle.
0: Yeah, Doyle. yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, any guys scoring a lot of goals, They cannot be predictable. And you got to remember, we played with smaller Nets back in the 90s, (laughs) and the Nets are getting bigger,
0: right? Well, hey, I I still tell a story of, of the first time I ever saw you play. You were actually so young, John, you were still wearing number six for the yeah, brampton yeah. excelsiors uh, i believe yeah. it was game one of of the 93 man cup and he came down on a breakaway and threw a reverse backhand bounce shot into the top corner and i went holy shit who is this guy uh not knowing who you were at all and you go on to this you know long crazy long career with multiple rings uh, i want to read you this because uh, and i want to ask you about this uh marty o'neill we we Dallas Elliott posted up a video of you getting absolutely blown up uh, by a Philadelphia wing. Your helmet comes popping off, and you, you yeah, just yeah. And, and. I know that well. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> this prompted a, a discussion about how tough you were and, and you know, who greatest player and all that. And, and Marty goes on to say, Factor into the mix that these two points, Tavares never missed a practice or a rep in practice. Tavares played almost every summer of his career, getting the crap tart out of him. And every year included a deep playoff run. No one put in the miles that JT did. That's the definition of tough. Oh, uh,
2: what rank It
0: sounds like your wife's home and and, and dinner's almost ready. i the muscles. Yeah,
2: I didn't realize you could hear. No, that's okay.
0: My my question is to you, John: is is where does that toughness or where did that toughness and determination come from?
2: Yeah, just my, my competitiveness, just you know wanting to win and never letting anybody know that they got the, you know a good part of me or you know, or intimidating me. Trust me, those guys are there, you know, scare. <laughs> but I'm not going to let them know about it. Yeah. As soon as you let them know about it, they're going to keep hacking away, hacking away, hacking away. And, uh, you know, I was also fortunate that I had a lot of tough guys that played on my team and the tougher guys I have on my team, the tougher I could be on the floor. Right. But,
0: uh, but I mean, know, never I, missing I, a practice, never missing no, a rep. I, know, what,
2: what, I mean, that, 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 that's, you know, that's why I played for so long. That's, you know, just, just wanting to be better. And, wanted to improve and getting in the best game shape as possible and trying to simulate the game situation and practice as much as I could, because, you know, if I could, if I could, uh, if I could do, if I could play, if I can practice hard, I'm trying to make the game easier. So, you know, if I'm going to practice and I'm taking it easy, I'm not really getting anything out of it. So I need to challenge myself, you know, like even a two on one drill, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. Like it's a game situation, whether I'm offense or defense. So if you're coming down 2 on one, And you're going to hold the ball for a long time. I'm going to hit you because I want to let you know that's what's going to happen in the game. I think once you kind of let your guard down, you kind of become soft. That's me. I mean, I can't speak for everybody. I think if I just let my guard down, whether it's a practice or a game, I think I just mentally, I just feel like I'm just becoming soft. So I just kind of always tried to maintain that intensity throughout my career. And if anything, it it probably got more so as it, it increased, as I got older, probably up until the last two, three years of my career when it was just you know, I was just too old to be that intense. <laughs> and you—you
0: you stayed relatively injury-free too, eh, John? Like no real, real serious stuff.
2: Well, you wouldn't know that now because my freaking body is falling apart. But you're right. I was, <laughs> I, I, and I was—I was—I I was, just—I was thinking, oh man, I was so fortunate. Just like you said, now I have a hard time walking. I yeah. can't barely run. Yeah. Because of my knee, but. Uh, <laughs> I
0: hear you. I can't my, put my, my <laughs> left sock on anymore, man. So don't, yeah, uh, yeah you, know.
2: A, you know, my yeah. left knee, my left shoulder. You know, but but I was very fortunate. Not to miss many games in my career. I think I maybe professionally maybe missed one or two games. No, more than that towards the end. Maybe five to ten games I missed in my Still, career because of my
1: health. Yeah. Uh, but how did you? How uh, did you take care of yourself all those years? That John, like, were you doing anything different uh, than anybody else as far as the gym and your diet and, and that kind of no, stuff? No, you know,
2: you I did, right? I was kind of a late bloomer hitting the gym. I, I I I've always ate well. Don't get me wrong. I like my bowl of ice cream and stuff. But I've always <laughs> tried to eat healthy. Um. I've always tried to train and ter- when I was playing, I was running uh, a lot, you know, doing, doing a lot of body weight exercises and always trying to mentally prepare myself. And when I say that, I mean convincing myself that I was in better shape than everybody else. So when the third period or fourth quarter came along, I'm like, these guys are tired. This is where I'm going to go. This is where I'm going to play harder. So I just, you know, maybe I wasn't in the best shape, but I convinced myself that. I was.
0: Yeah, hey, That's, and, that's the, uh, that's being strong and, and fit in the, men- the mental game. Right.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, I I wouldn't say that you know I worked out you know five six days a week, but you know I definitely ran. I didn't drink, didn't party. I you know dedicated my uh, you know my uh, my time and my lifestyle to the team I was playing with. Right. Don't get me wrong. After after the game, yeah. you know you have a couple of pints. Yeah. But hey. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's not happening. That's you know I'm I'm running. And, you know, la- the last 10, 15 years of my life, I had to work out a lot more. So I was hitting the gym, doing a lot of CrossFit, some stretching, yoga, all that stuff. So, you know, a supportive wife at home um, that encouraged me to continue to play. And, you know, everything helps. You know, my kids play lacrosse. You know, they they encourage me to play longer than I should have probably. But uh, staying mentally tough was key for me, especially later in my, my career. And, you know, being physically fit was always part of my regimen was, you know, working out in terms of running or doing weights or body weight.
0: I got, uh, I got a couple of more here for you for John 2016 hall of fame inductee, John Tavares, the greatest box lacrosse player of all time. Uh, we asked this of all our hall of famers that come on here in our calls to the hall, John, uh, if you could select one and we're taking Willie we're taking Doyler and we're taking junior off, off the ballot here. Cause they're going in. <laughs> But if you oh, could gosh. pick one, who are you putting into the NLL Hall of Fame? Your last year to be inducted, you, TK and, and Shooter, uh, what a class that was! Uh, but who do you, If you could pick a guy, who who's who's your guy going in?
2: Well, I'm actually on the Hall of Fame committee, but uh, I don't know if I should answer this question. <laughs> but,
0: sure, that... I'm on it too. I'm on it too. So you can, you can. It's it's yeah, just okay. opinion, right? It's just you get one vote. Okay. It's not like uh, you're controlling the, the ballot box or anything.
2: For whatever reason, the first name that came to my mind um <laughs> was Sandy Chapman. Oh man, Charlie Hassel. Uh the longevity, um, really good defender. Again, one of those guys, it's you know, his his position was incredible. Feisty, get you under your skin a little bit in you know, very unique way. You know, he did a, I thought he did a great job. He was one of those defenders that uh you just you just don't realize how good he is until you are playing against him. Yeah. Yeah, Sandy and Chapman. I think that's a great player. He, he played he played a played a long time, was on a lot of championship teams. Great defensive leader. I great find team that interesting. You
0: being the the highest scoring player of all time in league history would pick a D guy for your Hall of Fame selection. That's
2: uh that's 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 the first name that came. Up. Listen, there's probably hey. a lot of there are a lot of other guys out there. There's a lot of other great players that you know, I'm just saying, and no offense to anybody, but that's the name that came to my
1: mind. Oh, you know what? You we've know, had, this has been Mark, a whole Mark, series.
2: Mark, you know, Mark Stenos, you yeah. know, great offensive player that I played with. You yeah. know? like there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot. Billy, Billy D. Smith. Yeah. Like, you know, there are so many great players
1: out there. Everybody in the photo we're staring at. No, we, we yes. we've had, yes. we had, we had Mike French on. He kind of sort of broke down the criteria and, you know, all- those things you said about Sandy Chapman, longevity, rings, defensive player of the year. And, you know, I really think that the floodgates is going to sort of open for, for defenders now going forward because they've been so shut for whatever reason before they weren't sexy picks, but now that the committee's changed, I think we're, I think we're going to see a, a a tide shift here.
2: Yeah. Those guys don't get enough recognition. You know, the the way sports, this way most sports are is it's point oriented. How many points you get, how many points you get. And even sometimes, even sometimes I think, Defensemen get a lot of credit when they score in transition. Wow, they're having a great year, but you know what? They may be having actually a bad year defensively, and they're scoring a lot of goals in transition. So it's very misleading at times when a defenseman actually is being successful in transition. Um, you know what I'm trying to say is 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 guys that stay home. Defensemen like we have a guy on our team right now, Justin Martin, yeah. doesn't get enough credit. Oh man, he's guys good. are stud, stud yeah. on defense, quiet. You know, doesn't run up the floor much, but he works hard in practice, cross checks hard, and he does his job very well. Do you think oh, we the don't game
0: – Sorry, Brad. Go ahead. I was going to say, John, do you think – you being an old-school guy and having done this uh, early on in your career, do you think the game could ever get back to three lines, playing both ways? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah? For no, no – yeah, To me, I, I always think i got to go against the grain. I would love to recruit guys who can play up and down the floor in three lines. Yeah, sure i'd love to do it
0: me too i i think it would. i think love if, to do it. i think fans like unless they've seen it they don't understand how free-flowing and entertaining that style lacrosse is the three men
2: I've, I've i've toyed with the idea with the buffalo bands uh, in terms of okay we don't have we don't have 15 guys you can run up and down but maybe we have 10 11 and i was like okay maybe we can do like a four and one or three and two it just it gets a bit complicated some guys maybe are so accustomed to doing their job that no i don't want to do that they were scared of doing it so you need the right personnel to do it so you actually have to build a team to do
1: that interesting Uh, like the 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 modern the modern day examples a lot of them have come from Buffalo. Like we talked about Dane, Dane Smith started out of the back end at the start of his career. Mitch Jones yeah. with us now in Vancouver, but started out yeah. of the back gate. Like, I wonder why that was a, a Buffalo thing. Is that just coincidence. Listen,
2: listen, I think it's really hard to score five on five, but I think it's a lot easier to score on a two on one or a three on two. And the only way you're going to get a lot of opportunities is if you're playing defense. Obviously you're going to come off the door on offense at times, but if you can run the floor, Man, you offer a lot more to that team. You can play some solid defense. No one to leak out and get some goals in transition. That's uh, that's hard to stop. And if you can get five, four guys on the defensive end running with numbers, good luck, especially good luck stopping them, especially if you're playing offense defense.
1: Uh, while we're on the subject and while we got you here, JT, the current Buffalo Bannets, we don't know when they're going to see these guys back on the floor, at, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, you know, I think you guys have fallen a little bit short of expectation in the last couple of years, you know, so, following you know in the I the sorry, game Brad, and... Brad, Brad, oh, I'm going to cut go you short. Ahead.
2: I'm going to cut you short. Yeah. I just want, I just, just, there's something about lacrosse players these days is like, it's almost insulting to them if you put them on defense. Yeah. And I, I and yeah. I remember I coached a junior team and there was a couple guys like, no, 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 I, I don't play defense. Oh, I don't play offense. i was like, what do you mean you don't play <laughs> you're a lacrosse player? And, and it, yeah. To me, then I'm you like, don't play lacrosse. A, it, yeah, it's not an it's not an insult. It's not an insult. It's actually a compliment that I trust you on the back door, and I trust you. You're gonna defend well, and I think that you're good enough on offense. I'm gonna say go ahead and run up the floor and stay out there.
0: Yeah, like Hasek. This guy. A, to
2: me, yeah. Like, to me, that's a complete player.
0: Yeah, yeah. like I watch Graham Hasek now, and I just think like this guy is the new model. Like he is the next thing in lacrosse that's what you want
2: yeah he killed us in transition and he stayed up five on five and like he's a, pick and
0: yeah, an absolute animal i don't even think he needs to come mm-hmm. off the floor back to brad's question here just before we let you go and, yeah. and get Sorry, to your Brad. muscles Sorry. and. Was, yeah, no no worries i just want
1: like, yeah. just to let you speak about your current bandits i don't know when we're gonna see you guys on the floor at some point but you know what are you expecting from the squad that, that you have uh going forward now you got the pieces there and we're in a championship game not too long ago um, but you know, what, what are your expectations of the bandit's team next time you guys get to play lacrosse?
2: Well, I thought we did a great job last year. We had a lot, a lot of injuries and I don't think we got enough recognition last year for how competitive we were with how much, and in term, injuries, I mean, I'm key players, Priolo, Smith, <laughs> Frazier, like these are key pieces of the puzzle and we were right in there with the mix. So I expect big things from our team when we get back together.
0: As do we, John Tavares. Uh, Hey, man, we always appreciate your time here on Lax Class. Uh, Congratulations on being an NLL Hall of Famer, and uh, can't wait to see the Bandits back in action wherever and whenever that may be. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Enjoy the seafood feast, and we'll talk again.
2: Yeah, it'll be nice to get back out there and see all the guys and uh, get back to lacrosse and regular life. I hope everybody's staying safe, and I just want to say thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure, our pleasure. Thanks for doing it, John. Talk soon. Good. See you guys. Right there, Brett Chandler. Uh, the goat, John Tavares said, uh, Man, that was like, what was that? That was like 25 minutes and it felt Nothing like five. Like, I could go another hour.
1: Nothing like getting scoring tips from the greatest of all time. <laughs> like that's an education and a history lesson. Just right a there. couple of decades too late for mark yours it. truly. Yeah. 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 No. Just mark it down.
0: Uh, fantastic. Fantastic stuff there with John. Tavares, and uh, our calls to the Hall, you didn't even need to remind me this week, Brad, brought to you by Stampede Tech and Western, where it's hard to believe that 2020 is almost coming to an end, but uh, man, I cannot wait for it to be over like many others. But let's be honest, we're looking to, to the end, we're looking forward to the new year, and Stampede Tack is a great place to start uh looking for santa's list here largest selection of blundstone boots uh, they got the redback australian made canadian made cowboy boots they have those two flannel shirts wrangler largest wrangler dealer in canada Stampy.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Corner of Highway 10 and 180 out there in Cloverdale since 1967. Uh, thanks again to our good friends at Stampy Tech and Western Wear. For their continued support, uh, please shop local this holiday season quarter two is now done let's get to quarter three quick sticks are coming right up here on episode 109 lacrosse classified lacrosse flash podcast now
1: hey this is mike poolin goaltender for the georgia swarm you're listening to lacrosse classified quarter
0: number three right here on Lax class JKLA Brad Sheller with you. Time for some quick sticks. Uh, quick sticks, Brad. Brought to you by Manscaped. Actually, got the weed whacker out today. I, it's funny. It's like it's like part of my like Monday routine now. Uh, just like you know, my ear got a little itchy and realized, oh, ear hair, serious problem on yours. Truly broke out the weed whacker. Problem solved within seconds. Quick, clean, easy. I love this stuff. Uh, Quick Sticks brought to you by Manscaped. Before we get started on Quick Sticks, uh, I need to mention this. Speaking of Manscaped, I had a, a listener of, of ours uh, reach out to me and kind of said, What's going on here, man? And I said, I don't know. You tell me. And alerted me that he. He purchased the perfect package, purchased the perfect package, and after a couple, he was one of the first guys to get it, after a couple of months, he, he saw an email show up saying that they had shipped him another order, he kind of said, what's this? So I did some digging, found out that when you have purchased the perfect package, there is a default setting for an auto renewal on a replacement blade subscription, so hopefully most of you who bought the perfect package picked up on this while you were checking out this gentleman did not and i am assuming that maybe there are others out there that did the same just kind of glossed over it didn't realize it so before uh you get charged i don't know what it is 20 bucks or something for a replacement blade that you may or may not need if you need it great like i know jimmer said uh he just he kept it rolling because he likes it and needs it so uh, just a heads up out there to everybody who bought the Perfect Package. If you don't want the Replacement Blade subscription, make sure you head to the website and untick that or do what you got to do in your email notifications and, and get that taken care of. Sound good, Brad? Did you buy good the Perfect Package? Out. No, we got the good, Perfect good Package for out. free. We, we, got, it, we yeah. got it for free. I was going to say,
1: I've been working on my whole life to have a Perfect Package. <laughs> But as you can buy, you, as you can we, buy if, if you haven't if you failed like I have you can buy one for Christmas yeah as
0: have we all yeah so perfect package uh, still lots of time to get your Manscaped guests before Christmas as well and and that's the other thing the guy said man like I love the I love the product I've used it a few times I just don't need a replacement blade yet so I said fair enough so I haven't heard any poor reviews about the the package or or an equipment or anything like that everybody seems happy with that but I just wanted to give a quick heads up on that one uh um, uh, what else? Let's get into this, Brad. Br- Brampton petition to remove the the Excelsiors' board of directors to save the Brampton Excelsiors from moving out of Brampton. um This this is a kind of a tough one. Like, I don't. What side do you come out on this? Did you sign this petition? Have you have
1: you read it? What do you think? I did. I did not see the petition. So fill me in on what the petition was was petitioning.
0: Well, I I think. I think to dissolve the board of directors in Brampton so the team cannot be pulled out of, of
1: Brampton is, is
0: essentially what the alumni of the Excelsior is, is trying to save the team. And and I think Paul made can some real good points on this that it's, for me, it's a lack of transparency on the transfer or the sale of the team. Where, like... Show me the the minutes from the meetings about why this has happened and then, you know, where's the money? How much was it? How come this wasn't offered to anybody else locally to keep the team in Brampton? It seemed like it was kind of like a end-road, backdoor deal in the dead of night to get the team and then move it to Owen Sound, which I don't think I, I'm a fan of. But make your own decision on this, on, on whether you want to sign the petition or not. Uh, I did we talked about uh, player contracts in the NLL and whether guys would be able to play in other leagues if the NLL was going on at the same time. and and I've got some clarification from somebody about there is an actual clause in there and essentially what it says is that if you want to play in another league while the NLL is is currently going on, you have to get permission from either the GM or the owner to allow that to happen. Uh, I have heard that the NLL is working with the MLL and the PLL should seasons overlap in that regard. I don't know if there's been communication with the WLA and MSL, but you know, Nick Sakevich has been on record saying that he talks to them regularly. So I don't know if, if, if they're working together on, on making that happen as well, but there is language in standard player contracts that the owner or the GM, the team, if you will, holds
1: the hammer in that regard. Interesting. You know, I was kind of thinking about that after we talked to Pat Coyle last week. Because so I asked him, Hey, if Eli McLaughlin comes to you and says, I want to play in Burnaby this weekend or this week, you know, how do you respond to that? And he said it's kind of case by case. Like he kind of likes the idea of his guys getting touches, but he also is scared of yeah. of guys getting hurt. But I wondered if, if the NLL is talking to the WLA, which is where I'm going to focus my attention right now, because that's where we are here, Western, Western podcast. Hear so that, Dietrich? Yeah. But, um, you know, I was thinking like, for the for for a team that plays on the weekend, like um, you know, Victoria Shamrocks or something, they do they change their Friday night games to like Tuesday nights. Yeah. To accommodate. They probably do. If be limited fans. They probably do. You know, if you want to have those players, do you all your weekend games? Do you move them to midweek so you can have players that aren't. Crisscrossing, you probably do, hopefully, North America again one day. But if they're crisscrossing Canada to play in a bubble or whatever, yeah, um, same thing with major series, there are all those games going to be Tuesday, Wednesday nights, so guys can play in the NLL. On, on Friday, Saturdays so that'll
0: be really interesting to watch. Yeah, probably, probably, and like Pat said, like, they'll probably space it out, right? Like, you know, the guys will get a game here, a game there. They won't be playing back-to-back nights and then going and playing on a weekend, either. They'll space it all no, out. No, but if, to, you've
1: got, if you've got one NLL game a week, and then you can squeeze in another WLA yeah. game on a Tuesday or Instead Wednesday Instead of a practice, right? That, yeah. That could,
0: that could be perfect. Yeah. So we'll see how that uh, situation plays out. Uh, did you see this? The NLL putting out over over last week. Uh, Matty Rambo, Blaze Reardon, both uh, friends of the show here, Brad, uh, having a little golf match back there in Philly with Devin Caney, they they filmed a bunch of this, uh, looked like Rambo took him to the woodshed a little bit uh, put one in for him, about, I want to say like 40 yard chip off, uh, just off the green into the hole, which was pretty cool, this looked like a lot of fun, did you watch that?
1: I did not see that either. I had a, I had a quiet, interne- I had a quiet get internet. Get quiet the guitar. I'm leaving you hanging yeah. here. I get, know. Get into social I'm media. Scrolling the feed. <laughs> I can imagine the links of southern Philadelphia, yeah. though, just yeah. gleaming this time of year. Yeah,
0: Casey Dolson uh, was was not off base telling you you need to step your IG game up, Mike. That right, So
1: but what I believe else? Your, your question when you sent me the show rundown was best golfer in the NLL. Yeah, so well, we, we there, there you on spinning off that.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we can spin off that. Uh, give me your hot take. Who do you think the best golfer in the NLL would be?
1: I will see best drive I've ever seen is a former National Lacrosse League player and one Pete McFedridge who could put it at about 400 wow. uh, down the fairway. Not always straight, but kid had some distance on him. Ah. Um. And who used to win those stealth tournaments all the time? It was Reese Dutch and Corey Small used to put up good numbers. You know, Smalls,
0: was pretty know. good. Uh, I think uh, I saw Junior you know, tweet at, at Rambo, said anytime, anywhere, anyplace sort of thing. So I'd like to see that. But uh, I believe Andrew Q might be the best NLL golfer. I, I I believe he has grown up on a golf course, like in his backyard. Oh. And, and <laughs> he's really, really good at golf from what – I understand a few more things here on quick sticks before we move along Uh, the Haudenosaunee women, a good little video put out by world lacrosse about uh, the Haudenosaunee women and and their program. They had the U19 team. Now there's a senior women's team as well. And uh, Katie Smith really spearheading this thing. And uh, this was a really cool video. If you haven't seen it, go to world Lac sport, check that out, Uh, man. I'm, I'm so excited for, for those women. And, and, and those people to to finally be able to play their sport it's just awesome and speaking of the indigenous uh I saw this. The Ontario Human Rights Commission will now be investigating racism in lacrosse, and and I don't know why that has taken so long for that to happen, but I guess uh, some incidents have arisen as of late, and and now they're gonna have a full in, in, investigation into it, which uh, which I'm all for. And and what caught my attention about this uh, also was that the picture that they used on this attached article, I look at it and I kind of read the caption. And I said. And it was my girlfriend's daughter. And I just thought to myself, like, <laughs> out of all the lacrosse pictures in the world they could have used, they picked this kind of overhead shot of of Mateo Shima. Uh, kind of going for a loose ball with, and she was playing for team BC at the, at the NAG games, the native American indigenous games and, and with team BC and and three Ontario players surrounding her. And and I just like how, how small of a world is this where that is the picture that they choose. So that was pretty cool to see Mateo like that. Uh, Yeah. Um, Speaking of something else, Brad, that I think is pretty cool and we got to get going here to, to something else, but uh, a couple more things. And, and I put this on my Snapchat uh, over the weekend, so you probably didn't see it because I know you're not on there. But I'll tell the story on on here, and, and I've never really kind of told this story to, to anyone except, you know, a couple of close family members and, and my girlfriend. But I've lived in this place for about eight years, and ever since I've lived here, there's a, you've been here, there's a big overhead light in, in my living room that is only controlled by a remote control. Like, that's the only way it turns on and the only way it turns off. And I keep this remote, like, tucked away so it's not, like, it's not falling over and and getting pushed or a cat's not walking on it or anything like that. And ever since I've lived here, that light has turned on randomly. Like, just, like, I could come home from work and it'll be on. Or I'll wake up in the morning and it'll be on. Or I'll just be watching TV and all of a sudden it'll turn on. It always kind of, like, creeped me out. And, and was like, man, like, what is that about? And I couldn't figure, like, is it shorting? Like I couldn't figure it out. And finally one day somebody said to me, he goes, you know what? I think, I think that's your mom saying hi to you or trying to connect with you. And I was kind of like, man, like, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that kind of stuff. Like I don't, you know, like I, that's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around, but they convinced me to kind of be open to it. And recently it's come on and And one of the reasons it came on, and I kind of, the more now that I pay attention to it, the more I'm, like, connected to it. And the other day, my dad's care home got diagnosed with an outbreak of COVID. And obviously, that has been on my mind for the last few days and and weighing pretty heavy and and has me concerned. And as I do every morning, I kind of wake up and I go through my social media and my Facebook memories came up, and that also happened to be the day that my mom passed away ten years ago. So I I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and the light was shining bright and I thought like, okay, she's obviously thinking she knows that I'm I'm worried about my dad. And then I realized that it was actually the the anniversary of her death as well. And since that day, which was about a week ago or a few days ago, excuse me, like I can't I I feel like I can't even deny the connection anymore. And again, last night I was just about to shut my eyes and and it happened again last night. So wow. if she's she's obviously up there kind of thinking and watching and and, and uh, now it gives me a sense of peace and, and kinda of where I've been going with all this is that I put this up on my Snapchat and I had a bunch of people reply to me saying like that's pretty crazy, that's cool But I had three or four indigenous people reply to me and saying like that is a major gift and the way that they believe is that that's how the people who cross over come back and connect with you especially through things like electricity and and things like that And, and jake henhock was one of the guys and he said like really kind of start to pay attention to this stuff and it'll start to happen more often now you'll notice things so anyways i know that was a bit of a long story there um and, and, you know, some people will think that I'm nuts for that, but <laughs> that's okay. I wanted to kind of put that down on on tape because uh, I want I want to kind of remember that forever as well. And and speaking of remembering, last one here on, on Quick Sticks, a couple of people I need to send uh, condolences and my sympathies to. Uh, late great Pete Cowie, uh, who is just a fixture in lacrosse rinks around the Lower Mainland um And one of the best guys to ever talk lacrosse with and actually live with my dad for a couple of years in in a care home before he's in now. So Pete Cowie um, passing away late last week and uh, another Coquitlam legend gone too soon here uh, due to COVID, Uh, Jean Andre. She is or was the mother of Lance Andre, who is the owner of the Maple Ridge Berards, of course, and has a a massive minor lacrosse tournament uh, named after her in in Coquitlam, which uh, draws teams from around the entire country so to P. Cowie and G. Andre rest in peace and uh, that is quick sticks for 109 we'll pick things up on the other side and get to the positive once again as something else and our good friend Jim else is coming right up here on lacrosse classified lacrosse flash podcast network
1: associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Josh Sanderson. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and
0: box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacs Class, quarter number four. Uh, no more breaks here on Lacrosse Classified. Big thanks to Associated Labels and Packaging, however, as they continue to focus on people, they focus on ethics, and they focus on quality. All things that make up the best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging at Associated LP Labels and Packages always putting out new content on the website and the social media as well i highly recommend you check it out got a business that needs a label or a package get a quote from them and you're not going to be sorry i guarantee you of that AssociatedLP.com, and thank you to them for their continued support here in quarter number four we like to do something called something else so let's do something else let's begin right now. Wasn't that fun?
2: Let's try something else.
3: Oh, let's try something else. Hey, Jake and Bradley. It's Jim Els here. Time for another week of something else on the Lacrosse Classified podcast. Uh, This segment sponsored by G. Wilson Construction, as usual. On to the show here. This month of uh, something else, I'm going to be trying to magnify the positives of 2020. We all know the negatives. I'm not going to get into that one bit. Uh, The positives are what I'm going to be talking about. It's going to be another three weeks or so of of me talking about the good stuff. I'm going to bam out really Real quick, a couple of ones for me. Um, uh, 2020 brought along uh, an opportunity for me to become a business owner after years and years of working for someone else. That's done. Check that box. Very good year just for that. Mrs. Jim's uh, tackling a number of different things very well in her life and her sphere. Boom. Check that box. Number two. The kids are doing great in school. Gemma's due to graduate uh, McGill uh, this year and Tony's on his way to, to finishing high school and head to university next year. Boom, boom, chick chick those are getting crossed off as as being a great part of 2020 uh next week i'll delve into maybe some lacrosse things uh and some other personal stuff i'm not quite sure other than that have a great uh, rest of the week uh, take care good times and ciao
0: Something else right there. Jim else with something else brought to you by our good friends at G. Wilson construction. And you know, their deal by now, they're an award winning firm with a single focus. They have a single focus at G. Wilson construction and that's building fine custom homes. And I can attest to that Uh, out there. I mentioned out there, UBC driving around actually took Danny past a couple of G. Wilson construction specials out there on Southwest Marine drive. I think it was, southwest marine drive uh, fancy part of town i dare say uh positive jimmer right there brad challoner you know a little bit of giving thanks for some good things that have happened to him in 2020 uh good healthy smart kids uh wife doing well and and jim doing well buying up uh, the used car center there in langford and, and doing well in his local business uh we should probably talk about a couple of things that we are, are thankful for and, and positive things that happened in, in 2020. And uh, I will, I will go first. I will say my, my health uh, physically is, is been better than ever. I'm, I'm happy. And, and for that positive development in my life, um, I just hit three years of no smoking, which, uh, which is a big hurdle to clear in, in my life as well. I am, I'm, I'm so happy and thankful for everybody that stepped into the co-host chair in between yourself and and Evan, who stepped up and, and co-hosted Lax Class with me um, during that time. and And I'm really thankful for you coming back on a full-time basis, partner. Uh, this the show was not the same without you, and it just it feels right when when you're doing it with me. And uh, I think it's just. Great to have you. So that's that's been a big positive as well. What uh, what, what do you got going on in your uh, life besides your new guitar under the tree?
1: Bro hug here. I feel like we need a bro hug. No, I like Jim's spinoff. That you know what this has been. It's been a weird year. Let's focus on the positive. I'm I'm a very optimistic dude in nature. So I like to focus on the positive. Anyways, like. I agree. I think being being at home, I think I'm in some of the best shape of my life. Like that's all I really had to do is, is go for runs and <laughs> hit the gym over the last six months. Like can't go anywhere else right now, right? And it's like you can get in these spirals of if you're eating shitty at this time and and cooped up at home, it really turns into a dark spiral. So I've yeah. really been yeah. taking care of health this year, mentally and physically, has been huge. Yeah, picking up the guitar and learning a new hobby and and being thankful that you know I've got people in my life to help me. Um, you know, buy that Christmas present for myself and put me in a situation where I can, I can work out some cobwebs at night when things are stressful and I can just go play guitar. Like it feels amazing. Um, thankful to you for, for inviting me back onto this show and having another outlet to, to talk lacrosse. Cause this is also one of the most fun things I get to do every week. Yeah. right now, um, is, is, is talk lacrosse with you and talk lacrosse with the people that are listening and hear the feedback of, of people that are enjoying this show right now too. So that goes a long way. I'm thankful for everybody that listens and subscribes and downloads this podcast on a weekly basis Yeah, and and reaches out and, and engages with this show. It goes, it goes a long way. It makes us feel like, uh, you know, we're doing it, we're doing it for the right reason. So I'd love to hear from you guys and you girls as well. You know, it's been, it's been fun. Um, I'm thankful that we still have stuff to talk about. Like they're, they're working on lacrosse. We may have lacrosse next year. I don't know what shape it's going to be, but even if we don't have in the traditional sense, if we keep talking about like, get your stick, go out, go to the box and feel like you are still playing lacrosse and involved from lacrosse because medicine, you know, it's, it's, medicine. Thing. it's the medicine to go for a walk with your stick and go to the box or go find the wall. Like you feel amazing. Even if you just do it for a half an hour, um, once in a while, like it, it really goes a long way. So, yeah, that's what I'm thankful for. That's nice true. You nice didn't even fit mention. off, Jim. Jim, Jim else, new voice, new Outlook positive, positive. on life. Everything is, everything is turning around this year. You didn't
0: even mention your big uh, job promotion.
1: Uh, yeah. Most... Career is going well. Like, I know I don't want to things, things are, things that's are going good. pretty good out that's here good. in the flatlands. All right.
0: Uh, half full for sure. So that's going to wrap it up. And, and just to echo Brad, uh, I, we can't appreciate you enough for, for tuning in each week. Um, some weeks are a little tougher than than others, and and this was definitely a, a tough week for me to kind of get this out. But you know, it's almost like as soon as the the light switch goes on or the record button gets pressed, um, it's like the escape, and it's exactly what I needed over the last uh, few days. So I hope uh, everybody enjoyed the show, and and look forward to to bringing you another one next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. So. I uh, appreciate you listening. Appreciate our sponsors Stampy Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels of Packaging, G Wilson Construction and our good friends at Manscaped as well. Promo code LaxClass20. Forgot to mention that. Get that in there as well. Follow along on social media, at Lacrosse Classified, <laughs> at, bless you, Brad Challender, at I'm Lax Class. Yeah, I didn't tried quite, to mute myself. Didn't quite make it. At Lax Glass on Twitter. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check out Lacrosse Flash for all their content, team store stuff as well. That's going to do it. Big thanks to John Tavares for coming on the program. And to you listening, as always, wear a mask out there, people. For Brad Challoner, I've been Jake Elliott. For the Fastest Game on Two Feet and for the Creator, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody.